0: And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided into them his living. And not many days after, the younger sons gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed his swine, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Then it says this, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hard servants of my father's have bread enough and despair, and I perish with hunger. He says, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. He says, make me as one of the hard servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion on him, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son Said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto him, unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And they begin to be married. May God ever bless the reading of this word. May we pray. Blessed Father dear God, I come before your presence again. Oh, Father God, so grateful and thankful for this another opportunity to declare your holy and blessed word. Father God, I realize I'm nothing. I can do nothing apart from thee. Bless God, this is your word. And if anybody's going to get anything out of this word, Father, you must work. You must be here. You must work through me, Father, for I can do nothing of myself. But, Father, I'm dependent upon you for all things, looking to you. And, Father God, I'm looking to you to bless this word. And speak in somebody's heart this day, and bless God, we're going to give you the thanks now for whatever is accomplished, for it is in Jesus' name we do pray, and amen, and amen and amen. Luke 15, read really in Luke 15, you have three parables. You have three things that's lost in 15. You have the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost corn. And the of the lost son, three parables. You got the Luke measured in parables. The Gospel of Luke contains more parables than any of the other gospel writers. As a matter of fact, the Gospel of Luke contains 18 parables that's only found in the Gospel of Luke. So he measured in parables, and probably this parable, the parable of the prodigal son. And the parable of the Good Samaritan is probably two of the best-known parables there is in the entire Word of God. In this message today, we're going to look at a son. We're going to look at a father. We're going to look at the home of the father. We're going to look at the departure of the son. We're going to look at the repentance of the son. And we're going to look at the son returning back home. This is the outline for the message. And we're told here in this 11th verse, we're introduced to a certain man. This man's not named, he's a certain man. And we're told something about the man, says he has two sons. Doesn't mention any daughters, has two sons. And we can just imagine the home of this certain man. There's a There's never been a home like the home that this man has. It's a beautiful home. It's a lovely home. It's a, it's a home that that has everything the heart of man could ever, ever, ever desire, that the heart of man could ever want. There's peace, there's joy, there's contentment, there's satisfaction. You say, preacher, how do you, how can you say that? We're just introduced to the man. But you know, we're going to find out. That this certain man is a picture of our of our father, which are in heaven. And I tell you, in his home, in that home in heaven, that place where we're going to one day, if you know the Lord, that place that Jesus is preparing even now, we have everything we could ever want in a home. I want you to know that. But this this father here, uh, this is the home. And we see in this 12th uh, uh, and 13th verse, we're introduced those sons, and one of the sons is younger than the other. It talks about the younger son. And this younger son makes a request that is sort of, it's unusual request. It's unusual in several ways. Uh, it's unusual because in spite of everything in this home, this boy wants to leave home. Can you imagine that? He's in a perfect home and he he gets tired of living on his father's rules. He gets tired of his father's discipline. He gets gets tired of of just being around his father. He says, Father, I want to leave home. I want to get away and I I just want to get away from here. And we can't understand that. And you know, oftentimes we look at our situation, where we're at and what's going on, and we think folk over yonder in another place is so much better off than we are. Have you ever thought about that? We say this, that the grass always looks greener in somebody else's yard. And we just want to go out and experience what they're in. We think life is better, and we just want to get away from our present situation. So this, this boy, he this young man, he wants to get away. In other words, he's out of fellowship with his father. He's out of fellowship. He just feels the same way he used to feel. Uh, he just wants to get away. Doesn't mean he's other brother. And you know, he begins to look out over there. And the Bible tells us we need to be careful what we look at. The Bible says we're not to love the things that's in the world. We in this home does everything anybody could ever want. But he begins to look out here and there. And when we begin to look out in there, we're going to be tempted, my friend. The old tempter is going to come and make us think that what we have is not the best that we, that God has has for you and I. So he begins to look and he looks around and he wants to leave. And plus he does something else. He says, "Father, I want you to divide under me what's coming to me." <laughs> now this boy thinks thank the Father owes you something.
1: Amen.
0: He thanks God. He thanks his father owes him something. So you know father, part of this what you have is mine. Part of it ought to come to me. So that's the first request we have. He somehow thinks the father owes him something. Secondly, you don't get your inheritance until the father's dead. You realize that? You get inheritance when the father is no longer around. But this boy in his arrogance and his impatience and we, we all need more patience and all his impatience He wants it right now and not wait. He says, Father, I want you to give unto me that which is coming to me. Well, the father didn't argue. There's no sign of argument. He divides with his son. And the son leaves home with his pockets full of money and a suitcase on his back, headed to a far country. His pockets is full of money. He's got a suitcase full of clothes. He's got money he didn't work for. He's got money he didn't earn. He didn't, he's got money he didn't deserve. He didn't have because he was smart. And because he was clever, he's got that money because he's got a father who loves him. A father who's generous. A father who's gracious. And a father who gave him everything he had. And that's the kind of heavenly father you have. That's the kind of heavenly father I got. You know, everything I have is because of a kind, gracious heavenly Father who loves me more than I can ever, ever imagine. All that I have, all that I hope to have, is because of my Father who art in heaven. I want you to know that. And that's why you have what you have, my friend. You said, but Brother Crafty, you don't understand. I've worked all the days of my life. I earned what I got. But well, I got news for you. Who gave you the job that you had? Who gave you the help, the work? Who gave you the ability to work? It came from God. I want you to know that. We can do nothing apart from God. Amen? Amen. So, this boy, he's going down the road to a far country. He says this. He says this. He says in verse 13. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey to a far country. And there wasted his substance <coughs> with riotous living. He goes to a far country. We're not told where that far country is, but that far country. Is away from home. That far country is away from his father. And sometimes we think the far country is thousands and thousands of miles away. I want you to know that. But you can be in a far country and reside in the same house as your father. You can be in the far country and be in church every Sunday morning. You can be in the far country and never miss a day of Sunday school, I tell you that. Anytime you're out of fellowship with God, you're in a far country, I tell you that. This boy's in a far country. That's where he's at. And there's something else it said it did. Notice what it says. It says this. He went there, he went there and wasted his suffering. He wasted everything his father gave him. All his money, wasted it all, didn't amount to anything. He just threw it to the wind. He wasted all his talents. He wasted all his abilities. And many of us have wasted a lot of things in the far country. Amen. Amen. Many of us, including the old preacher, I've wasted a lot of time in the far country. I've wasted a lot of time. And time is something you can't reclaim. You know that? Many days we wasted. Many times went to naught. We wasted our times, our abilities, our talents. We wasted all that God gave us. And this boy, he wasted his suffering. He doesn't describe righteous living, but that's a party in life. You hear the word? Let's have a party. Let's hit all the nightclubs. Let's hit all the bright spots. Let's just have a party and a party and a party. He had part. He partied there, and rest assured, he had many friends when he was partying. I tell you, if you got money to spend. You won't have any problems getting folk to help you spend your money. Amen? Amen? Amen. Bar. Amen. they'll come by the carloads. Yes. We're going to have a party tonight. Yes. Oh, so-and-so is having a big party. Let's go join in with him. That's right. He had plenty of friends. Plenty. Mm-hmm. Was never alone. He was invited to a lot of places because they had a site for the money. Yes. But here's the thing about a party. One day the party will be over. Amen. Remember that one day your party will end. Right. One day your money will end. The party will come to an end. Right. And there are three or four reasons the party will come to an end. His party came to an end because he was broke. Spent everything he had. When your money is gone, your party is over. Sometimes our party ends because of poor you know that
1: Amen.
0: we can no longer go and finally the party will end because of death but surely the party will end you may party for a season <laughs> it's coming to an end and this boy parted for a season there he was blinded He thought he could go there and thought he could go there and get the most out of life. But there in that far country, he left a home where there was love and joy and fellowship and comfort and peace. He gave all that up. But you know, there's no joy. There's no peace. There's no contentment. There's no satisfaction. In the far country. Yes. You know. He went out there. And thought he could take a few dollars. And really find. Satisfaction in life. Find joy in life. And find contentment in life. They're in Sunday school. The adults are studying Ecclesiastes. Saul, son of David, who had Fort Knox for a bankroll. You realize that? He had Fort Knox. Anything money could buy, he could could have. There There was no price. Anything money could buy, he had. The things that most people think brings life and happiness and satisfaction and contentment. He tried it all. You know what his conclusion was? All is vanity. 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 It's emptiness. 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 The things of the world can never, never satisfy the heart of man. That's what Psalm discovered. You never do it. Yes. He goes there. It says this in verse 14. We see his misery in the far country. We see how miserable he is. Notice what it says. And when he has spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. <laughs> there arose a mighty famine. and he began to be in want. You know, his money's gone. He's broke. And know who else is gone? Friends are gone. Those partying friends. No one offered him a helping hand. No one said come crash at my house for a few days. Till you get on your feet. These are all fur weather friends. <laughs> Just plenty of them out there. Yeah. Not only is he's broke. There's a famine in the land. No job. No nothing. This thing just won't do right. I need to throw it away. Well. (laughs) Everywhere it's supposed to go. But there's a famine in the land. He's broke. He's miserable. There's no one to care. There's no family. There's no father. There's no brother. There's no friends. And the only thing he can find to make a living is a man who's raising hogs who's raising swine. So i tell you what. You can, feed the, you can care for the hogs. You can feed the hogs. And as they're eating, if you're lucky enough, you can eat, eat with them. Now we need to realize for a Jewish boy, you can't think no Lord in that. <laughs> For a Jewish boy, he would never never think about feeding hogs. He would never think about beating a hog pen. But here he is, a Jewish boy can sink no lower. He has hit rock bottom.
1: That's
0: where he's at. Can't sink no lower. And many times we have to hit rock bottom. We have to hit rock bottom before we realize we need help. I'll tell you that. We have to hit rock bottom before we can cry out to somebody for mercy. And this boy has hit rock bottom. Here's what the devil would tell you. When you hit rock bottom, nobody cares for you. There's nobody to help. Nobody doesn't care for you at all. You have no hope. You have no future. You might as well end it all and take and commit suicide. And millions are taking that route today. They've hit rock bottom. He's hit rock bottom. Yes. That's what sin will do for us. That's what sin will do. My friend, sin will take us farther than we ever expected to go. That's what sin does. And it will cost you more than you ever expected to pay. That's where this boy is. We say he's at the bottom of his rope. And many of us had to get there. Many of us in our life <laughs> had to hit rock bottom. At least I say many of us. That includes old preaching. But you know, this boy, this son was raised In the father's house. This son. Grew up. In a house of plenty. In a house of love. In a house of happiness. In a house of joy. That's where he came from. And notice. His repentance. Begin at verse 17. He said. When he came to himself. He said. How many hard servants. And my fathers have bread enough and despair. He says, and I perish with hunger. He begins to think a little bit. You know, sin is a <laughs> sin is something awful. Sin causes us to distort reality. We can't really see things as, as they are. That's why he did to Eve, you remember? It caused Eve to distort reality. She, she, she just couldn't see things as they really, really was. And that's why she yielded to temptation. <clears throat> Satan is the same old devil. This, it caused this boy to think that there was joy and peace and contentment and pleasure out of the father's house. And that's where he went. But finally... Thank God, it says, he came to himself. His mind went back to the Father's house. He says I will arise and go to my Father and will say unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. Just yes, take me back as a hard servant. This boy came to himself. That's called repentance. That's called repentance. In the Old Testament, oftentimes God said to his people, Return to me. And I will return to you. Returning is repentance. This boy is repenting. So you know I've been wrong. He said, i I played the fool. Now I tell you what, it takes takes somebody to admit you played the fool. You'll never play the fool as long as there's pride in your heart. Many people are going on and refusing to admit they played the fool because of pride. But this boy said, you know, I've played the fool. I left the father's house. I came to him and said, repentance means to have a change of heart, to have a change of mind. It means you're going in one direction. You turn around and go in the opposite direction. It means you turn to God from his sin. So this boy has repented. This boy is repenting, and he's going to change his heart. He's going to change your mind. He's going to repent. He has repented. You know, repentance is not a message given to lost people. Repentance is a message for God's people. Repentance is a message given to the church. You recall we just had a we just had a Bible uh, a Bible study in the book of the Revelation. In that book, God dictated seven letters to the seven churches of Asia Minor. If you recall, five of those churches, God said, repent, repent, repent. That was the message to those seven churches. You know what the greatest need in God's church is today? If somebody were ask you, what is the greatest need in God's church? What is the greatest need in the Church of God? What is the greatest need in most of our lives? Repentance, repentance, repentance is the greatest need in God's church today. I'll tell you that. Doesn't sound good, do it, but it's the truth. Penance means it change your heart. Change your mind. And we begin by confession. We begin. And now thought this boy's doing here? You know what? Notice what he says. I was saying to my father, Father, I've sinned against heaven. You know what heaven stands for? God. He says, I've sinned against God. And I've sinned against you. I've sinned against my brother. And you know, all sin is against God. Amen. Every sin is against God. You remember David's sin, a man of a God's own heart. David, a man of God, he committed murder, he committed adultery. And there in Psalm 51, David says, God, I acknowledge my sin. He says, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. He says, I have sinned against you. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge it. He confessed it to God. Yes. This Confession. is the way back. Penance. I'm so glad Jesus said in John. First John, he says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. That means he's righteous to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes. That's God. Thank God. He's a forgiving God, He's a gracious God. He's a merciful God. Yes. Let's see if we understand this parable. Sometimes there's a lot of differences, I assume, what this parable means. The interpretation of the parable. Somebody said, well, this parable is about a lost man who's out in sin and gets saved. You, a lot of folk, think that. And of course, a lost man out and saved can't get saved. Hey, God, hey, God's in the saving business, you know that? But this is not the emphasis in this parable. This younger son, I want you to know this, this younger son. This younger son was a son when he was at home. He was the father's son, amen? amen. He was the father's son when, when he left home. Are you still the son amen. he was a son there in the far country he was a son amen, amen. he was a son when he repented amen. amen he went back home as a son there was never a time when he walked amen. Amen. why do you see him preaching? This parable teaches us not only will God save a sinner who repents, but God will take back any son who falls into sin and repents. Amen. That's the message. Say, so you mean a, a son of God can get in the pig pen? Can a son of God get in the pig pen? Did David get in the big pen? A man after God's own heart warmed in the pig pen. But you know the difference? When a son of God falls in the pig pen, he'll never be happy in the pig pen. He'll never be satisfied in the pig pen. He'll never find peace in the pig pen. And the day will come since I'm gonna rise and go fight. Come on, Father. That's the difference. Yes, a son of God can fall in the pig pen. But we don't wallow there. We don't stay in the pig pen. Amen. This boy, he, say, he thanks somebody, He says, you know, he rehearses what we say to his dad. He says, no, I'm going to home. We're back home. I'm going to tell my dad I've sinned against him. I've sinned against God. I'm sorry. I don't deserve to be your son. I don't deserve to be nothing. I just want to be back. I just want to be back in your house. I just want to come back as a hard servant. Then we see his restoration. His restoration. Notice the restoration. Notice the restoration of this son. He says in verse 20. He says, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, that is what it says, his father saw him. When that boy was coming down the road, smelt like a hog pen, dirty and filthy, that dad was that the window or on the porch.
1: You know, why, you know
0: why he was out there? Why was he on the porch? He said, that's my son. And one day, he'll come back. I don't know the day. I don't know the hour. But one day, my son will show up. Amen. And if you're a son of God, and you fall into pig pit, one day, you'll show up. Amen. This boy comes down the road with all his filth, with all this ugliness, he comes. And the first thing it says, when the father saw him, he had compassion on him. We have a compassionate God. Amen. We have a merciful God. Amen. We have a gracious God. He sees him and ran in all this filth, and all this ugliness. That's what he says. His father did. On his neck and kissed his son. His only his son, his youngest son, the son whom he loved. Says this, and the son starts off trying to tell the father something. His father? <laughs> he trying to make, he, he, he rehearsed his speech. And the son said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven, and I've sinned <coughs> against heaven, and in Thy sight am no more worthy to be called Thy son. The Father stopped him right there. That's enough. Didn't let finish. By the heart, said didn't finish. The Father didn't let really finish. But notice what the Father said said unto his servants, bring the best robe. Bring me a robe. I don't want to see this filthy son. I want him to be covered up. And I'm sure the son had a bath first. He smelled like the hog pen. He said, he needs a covering. If he's going to come in my presence, he must have a covering. And I want you to know, if we're going into the presence of our heavenly Father. We must have a covering because we are 50 before God. I want you to know that. Amen. And that covering, that covering, is the robe of righteousness that God gives to all who would trust His Son as Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. We need it. We got to have it. We can't go into God's presence as we are. He said, "Cover my son with a robe." That robe of righteousness. So he has a robe. And the father says something else. (laughs) Uh, He says this. Where we at? And put a ring. Notice this. And put a ring. It says, and put a ring on his hand. You know what that ring signifies? On his Sonship. Authority. He says, I'm bringing you back. Not as a servant. Not as a slave. You're coming back as my son. With all the rights and privileges of any of my sons. It says down later put shoes on his feet. You know what that signified? Guess who wore shoes in that day? Serpents went (laughs)
1: barefooted.
0: I used to be a barefooted fool one time. You know that? How about you, Brother Bruce? I've been this fool barefooted. You don't know that, do you? (laughs) Most of us didn't live in that day. Demon Brother Roger. I've been this fool barefooted. Not because they didn't have shoes, but I guess a wild youngin', I guess. I've been to school birthday. I said, hey, give him a robe, robe of righteousness. Put a ring on his hand, speaks of sonship. Put shoes on his feet because he's not a servant, he's a son. Then right. the dad said, let's have a party. Bring the fatted kite. Let's slay that calf. Let's slaughter him. kill him. For my son, who was dead. Now, don't we? Of course, we knew he wasn't dead or physically. But as far as having a relationship with the dad, he was dead. He was not doing really sin. Let's have a We said, we said, this is a message for the church.
1: Well, we hope you've enjoyed the message today. And if you happen to not have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, we want to invite you to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's as simple as the ABCs. If you would admit that you are a sinner and that you are in need of a Savior, And believe that God sent His very Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth to be the sacrifice for our sins and that He died for our sins and He arose on the third day. And then if you would confess Him as your Lord and Savior, you can be saved. You must believe this with all your heart and you must be willing to serve Him. If you are, all you have to do is talk with Jesus. You don't need a preacher. You don't need a church to get saved. But if you get saved, find yourself a Bible-believing church. And I believe God will richly bless you.